Hi everyone, and welcome to Words on Water. I'm Christy Murphy. Today we're talking about turbidity, which measures water clarity and quality. Our guest today is Mike Sater, Principal Manager of Research and Development at Lovabond. Lovabond's research develops advanced test kits, which provide water resource facilities the vital information they need to help keep our water safe and healthy. Mike Sater, welcome to Words on Water. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Good, well, we're glad you're here. So today we're talking about Lovabond, and one of your specialties is turbidity. Yes. So basically, turbidity is the measure of the relative transparency of water. Um, so the cleaner, the clearer the water is, the lower the turbidity is. And the dirtier or the more particulates in the water, the higher the turbidity. And so it's basically, um, it's a measurement where you shine a light beam into the water. And if there's particles present, they'll scatter the light. And that light can be detected at a detector. And we can correlate that to a measurement that uh, um, we can use to determine the water meets a requirement or not for water quality. So lots of advancements in that area as far as testing? Yes. Um, yes and no. Um, so there's been instruments that measure for the, for the past 70 years, I guess. Um, but uh, the quality of the measurements has really increased. The reliability of the measurements is, is, is far better than it used to be. Most of the old instruments used incandescent light bulbs, basically, that varied all the time. And now we have solid state light sources such as LEDs and, and actually laser diodes that are very, very stable. So it, it creates a very good uh, limit of detection as well as very uh, high reliability. Who do you work with? Who do you provide these services to? Uh, basically, um, any customer that needs to measure uh, a process that involves basically fluids, uh, but um, anywhere, anybody that needs to know whether the fluids have particles in them or not, it's a way to control a process. And more directly, um, this applies to drinking water and wastewater uh, facilities where there are several stages to basically take water that is not clean and make it cleaner and more suitable for either discharge into the environment, which would be um, in a wastewater plant or discharge into a drinking water distribution system for human consumption. So what are we testing for these days? What type of test does Lovabond offer when it comes to wastewater and uh, water treatment? Okay, well, for turbidity, um, both in continuous monitoring instruments where water flows by or through the instrument um, or by a sensor from the instrument uh, continuously. Um, and so you can immediately tell if a, of a certain process within your treatment prop um, is good or bad. Um, and then we also sell um, uh, all kinds of different laboratory equipment to measure about any kind of parameter in water. So everything from uh, uh, aluminum, alkalinity, any of those uh, parameters, uh, all the way to zinc, you know, A to Z, 
Um, most of the tests are based on a colorimetric analysis where we add a, a reagent and that reagent will bind with a certain um, element in water. Uh, for example, uh, if you want to test for iron, we can add a certain reagent that when it combines to the, the iron, it turns purple. And the more iron there is, the more purple the color, and we can measure that amount of color and correlate it to the concentration of, of in this case, iron in the water. And so we can do that uh, for virtually any parameter that's found in water um, these days. What are people wanting these days? Uh, can you identify pathogens? Uh, we do sell some tests to identify pathogens. Most of the tests that um, are used to identify pathogens uh, directly are immunoassay type of tests. And we do have a few of those um, that we do sell. Uh, we sell tests that would identify such things as E. coli, um, uh, Legionella are two of the more common ones. Uh, we also have some tests that just uh, will just measure uh, microbes in general. So you can actually dip, dip a, we call them dip slides, and you can dip it into a sample. And it's basically an agar on a, on a plastic substrate. And then you incubate it. And if there's growth, you'll see colonies develop on those surfaces. Um, and I'll tell you whether your water is contaminated with microorganisms or not, and whether you need to go through a sterilization process or if your sterilization processes are not working, so. When it comes to then water and uh, when you might get a notice, a boil water notice, extrabidity mm -hmm. uh, that's able to measure whatever is in the water that is deemed unsafe for consumption at that point in time, because I'm not sure as you know an everyday person, when you hear it's a boil water uh, mandate or uh, warning that people really even know what that means. Yeah, so one of the, the really unique things about turbidity and specifically is it's a great parameter for surrogates. And so if you have low turbidity, um, there's very, very, there's a lot of studies that show that you have low pathogens in the water. Um, as a general rule. Um, and so what happens is uh, turbidity will provide a means for pathogens to attach. Um, so particles that are in the water, if there's pathogens there, they could attach attach um, um, to those particles and then those particles might even shield them from disinfection uh, techniques and that sort of thing. So if you have, for example, um, a Giardia, uh, organism and it is in with turbidity, the turbidity could block the disinfectant from basically uh, lysing the membranes of that pathogen and, and destroying it. So turbidity has been used in a lot of different areas um, to um, assess whether there's a potential for pathogens. And if there is, then they can they can do other treatment techniques. They can put out notices that, hey, your water might be compromised and uh, you should possibly boil it if need be. Um, and drinking water plants often work under that. If turbidity exceeds a certain level for a certain amount of time, they can and will um, issue a boil water notice um, saying, yeah, maybe uh, 
some pathogens got into the distribution system um, that were unexpected, and so you should boil water to be safe. So does EPA set out the guidelines for, you know, water standards? They do. So EPA, um, uh, when it was created into the Clean Water Act back in the 70s, um, EPA really um, uh, started out as protecting the environment. So a lot of the wastewater um, standards that are or regulations that are in place today have been created and they've been refined as technologies have improved. And the same goes for the drinking water. Um, so EPA, in addition to protecting the environment, they're actually a public health agency as well in that they have uh, standards for drinking water plants that they must adhere by um, uh, in order to safely produce water for human consumption. And that's that's a really unique thing in the United States in that we are able to produce water at a from a solar local source and then distribute it. And it, you know we all assume it can be safe to be um, consumed uh, from a tap. Um, and a lot of other countries actually copy EPA's approach and their regulations um, throughout the world. Tell me a little bit about chlorine. Sure. Water and what that means as far as um, a lowered health risk or, you know, exactly how does chlorine protect the, the drinking water? Yes. So chlorine is a, uh, a, a very effective disinfectant that in low levels um, does not do harm to human health. Um, um, but chlorine must be applied to drinking water that is very low in turbidity for it to be effective. And uh, chlorine is, is really effective for, for virus removal. Um, so any, any viruses that could be in a, in a water uh, source, uh, the chlorine will uh, effectively um, reduce the amount of viruses to a level that it's safe for consumption. Uh, chlorine is also used in wastewater in that uh, um, it, it also reduces a lot of uh, harmful organisms. But before you discharge a wastewater stream back to the environment, you also want to monitor that the chlorine has been consumed because you don't want to uh, put that out into the water to kill organisms that are actually helpful for the environment as well. So um, uh, you typically use chlorine in both processes. Um, to help get the water to the right condition before you discharge it. And so you, you need to be able to monitor that concentration as well. When we went through the COVID outbreak, yeah, um, I'm sure water you know, facilities, everyone is so much on guard for pathogens or you know, finding out what's in the wastewater. Can you talk to me about that a little bit, about what uh, your clients uh, are needing uh, help for? Sure. Well, with respect to COVID, I think one of the interesting things is um, there's been lots of uh, news about chlorine, um, COVID being detected in wastewater. And uh, if it was detected in wastewater, basically it had to have a source from somewhere and it was a way of tracing upstream that somebody had to have had COVID to, to get it there. So they can use de techniques to detect things such as 